Hey, good day, everybody. I trust that you are doing really well. It's so good to be with you and to share again with you today. And uh, we are doing a series on Exodus. And today is the second week of that series. And the title of today's message is Hearing God's Call. So last week we started in Exodus and we did a bit of an introduction and uh, try to establish two things last week for us. And just want to remind you of that. The first thing that God has a desire to bless all nations. And so he raises up the nation of Israel out of Abraham with this promise that through them he will bless every nation. So God is wanting to work with Israel so that through them he can work and bless all nations. And then the second thing we established is that there is an opposition to that plan of God, that there is an enemy that wants to see that that does not come to fruition. And in the story of Exodus, that enemy is represented by Pharaoh, um, who is an embodiment of the 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 bigger enemy, which is Satan and his forces that come to bear, that wants to not see nations blessed and people know who God is and the blessings of God. And so the the reason we're looking at these matters from the book of Exodus is because our lives is a continuation of that same narrative, that God still wants to see all the nations blessed. And in fact, in Christ Jesus, that became possible, that all nations of the earth can be blessed. And he still is using us today to bless us with his truth, with his power, with his wisdom, and so that through us he can bless the nations of the world and the people around us. Um, but we are operating in a world where there is an enemy, where there is opposition, where there is um, that which comes against the kingdom of God and the truth of God. And it's in that context that it's so important that we get some clarity and security around the sense of calling that each of us has. We are each called and we each need to hear the call of God. That is to how God wants to send us into our environment, into our context, to the people around us where he gives us influence as we talk about our front line so that we can go and see the, the blessing of God come to the world around us. And how do we deal with the opposing forces the, that would not want to see the kingdom of God come on our front lines? And to, to do that, it's so wonderful that we have such a great example in the story of Exodus of Moses, um, the person that was raised up by God to, and that had to hear the call of God to go into the nation and to be the instrument that God will use to save the people and to lead them out into the promised land where they could be raised up by God to be a blessing to the nations. Now, for today, we're going to spend most of our time in Exodus 3 and 4. Um, and I would encourage you to continue to read the book of Exodus. Um, and at the end of the message, I'll tell you about our reading for this week and what we'd like everybody to read from the book of Exodus. But to start with, I want to start with Exodus 3 and verse 1. Um, and I did allude to this last week, but let's pick up where it says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he had led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There an angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. So now we obviously know this is this, the, the time in Moses' life where he has left Egypt because things went wrong and uh, he's escaped Egypt and he is now making a life for himself. 
in Midian. He has begun a family. He's working for his father-in-law. He's got a job. He's relocated. He's carrying on with life. Egypt's behind him. The Israelites are behind him. And he is carrying on just living his life quietly, in peace, trying to provide for his family, just, you know, trying to be a normal person in that sense. But on this particular day, he encounters a burning bush and he gets drawn to this bush and the bush begins to speak to him. And like I said last week, when burning bushes talk, you have to pay attention. And so God gets hold of him, gets hold of his attention and God begins to speak to him. What struck me from this verse is this, these little words where it says, um, that the, the, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. And I want to talk a little bit about the fire from the inside, the fire from the inside. Um, you know, there's a fire that burns in God's heart for the nations of the world. There's a fire that burns in his heart for the people that he wants to see saved. And, you know, often when we talk about the fire that burns within us, it's a it's a way we reference the the passion, the desire that we have, the the, the the wanting to see something come to pass. And for God, the fire that burns within him, that is motivated by his love, is his desire for the nations of the earth to get to know him and to for them to live in his blessing and in his favor. And, and uh, that's a fire that burns within him. And what is happening here is that God is lighting the, that same fire in Moses. Moses is just a regular person living his life, like I said, having been escaped, having escaped from Egypt, just thankful that he got out of there and now just looking to live a good life and provide for his family. But God is igniting the same fire that is within him. He is igniting now within Moses' heart. So when Moses is standing there before the burning bush, there's a transfer of the passion of God that is taking place. In Jeremiah 20 verse 9, we read the following. But if I say, I will not mention his word or speak any more in his name, his word in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. The prophet Jeremiah experienced this, having been ignited by the passion that is in God's heart that he now carries in his own heart, in his very bones. And he says, I cannot keep this fire quiet. And there's an igniting that happens when we get close to God, when we get a revelation of who God is, we get also an understanding of what is important to him and what he desires. And this is what Moses is experiencing the same way as Jeremiah experienced. Ezekiel also experienced it in Ezekiel 3 verse 14. So the spirit lifted me up and took me away and I went in bitterness in the heat of my spirit. But the hand of the Lord was strong upon me. Ezekiel also being called by God, sent to go and speak to the nation. And in Ezekiel 3, the Lord says, I'm, I'm sending you to your own people, a stubborn people, an obstinate people, a people that will not want to listen to you. And the only thing that could sustain Ezekiel was this passion, this fire, this heat of, of bringing the word of God that was within him. We even see it in the ministry of Jesus. Remember, after Jesus had risen from the dead, uh, after his crucifixion, and he began to appear to his disciples, we read in Luke 24, verse 31 to 32. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while we talk, while he talked with us on the road and opened the scripture to us? There's a sense of encountering God and this 
this igniting of the passion within you. And it is the privilege for us as people that we can live lives that is not merely lives of trying to just survive and trying to just live a quiet and peaceful life, trying to just, you know, get on with life and, you know, be okay, but that we can live lives that are ignited by the passion and the fire of God. I've certainly experienced that in my life and still carry that passion and that fire inside of me. In fact, my calling that I received around about the age of 17 that redefined and reshaped my life uh, was out of Ezekiel 3. And I know from that day there was a passion, a fire lit in me for the body of Christ, to see the body of Christ be brought into the its place, its rightful place, and to be discipled by the Spirit of God and, and the power of God to be the transforming agent that it needs to be in this world. And um, that fire is still with me, you know, f- almost 35, 38 years later, I'm still carrying that same passion, that same fire in me. And I trust that you are experiencing and have experienced this igniting fire in your soul for the mission that God has for you, for the purpose that he planned your life. And I want to say to you, your front line is a big part of that fire that is within you, that every day God is sending you onto your mission field, your front line, to go and be a blessing to the nations, to go and be the one that displays the goodness and the favor and the blessing of God to people, to make God known to people. And may that be a fire that burns within our bones. If you do not have a fire that's lit up inside of you, I want to pray for you. And I'm going to pray at the end of this this time together that the Lord will ignite a fire within you um, and to that that fire from the inside will reshape your life, will 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 give you purpose and a sense of direction and and passion for your life. In in verse four from Exodus three, we carry on reading. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to Luke, God called to him with from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, Here I am. Do not come any closer, God said, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the, the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the house of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Can you hear the passion in God's heart, the burning in God's heart? He's heard the cry of the people. He's heard the, 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 the and seen the destruction of the Egyptians, of, God, of his people. And he's saying, this is stirring the fire within me. Now, Moses, you need to go and carry this flame for the people of God. And he says to Moses, take off your shoes. You know, this is a remarkable moment where God is in a sense saying to Moses, there can't be anything between you and me. You need to take off your shoes because you and I need to be on the same ground. We need to stand on the same truth, stand on the same thing. 
And I want you to feel what I'm feeling. You know, it's like elephants. When they walk on the ground, they can feel, the, they hear each other because they pick up the reverberations of the, the grumbling, the groaning of somebody, of another elephant that can be kilometers away. They feel it through their feet. It's a, it makes me think of that. It's like God saying to Moses, I want you to feel what is in the ground. I want you to feel the, 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 the cry of the people that has fallen on the soil of Egypt and I want you to be aware of that you are standing on holy ground you are standing on on something that is stirring me God is in a sense being vulnerable to Moses God is saying this is what disturbs me and I want you to feel it too I want you to be disturbed by it too you can't hide from this Moses you have to be moved by what is moving you you have to be moved from your place of comfort your place of of just trying to live a quiet and peaceful life to a, to be moved to a place to go and be the one that will bring out my people from from Egypt. Um, but we know that this was something difficult that God was asking Moses. He had escaped Egypt. Why would he want to go back? Why would Moses want to go back to the place of trouble, a place that that almost cost him his life, a place where where he he's not loved by the Israelites and he's not loved by the Egyptians. He's There's nothing for him in Egypt. There's nothing to go back to. There's nothing good for him. But yet God sends him back. How often is it that the fire of God that burns within us will be the thing that will get us to go and do things that we don't want to do, that will that will cause us to put our lives into in danger and put our lives in, in difficult places. And we, we think of, of great leaders that have done that, that have said, I can't just sit by and watch things happen. I have to be stirred to be used by God. I have to speak into a situation, even if it may cost me my life uh, and put my life in danger. And this is what Moses does. And he goes and he, and, he, and he has to, God knows, he has to deal with the threat from the outside. So the first thing that we spoke about in the sense of calling and hearing God's call is the need for the fire from the inside. And that is necessary so that you can deal from the fr with the threat, the threat from the outside. Because certainly Moses was going to st stand up and have to face a threat. Um, and so Moses begins to feel the threat and he responds to God's call based on the threat that he observes and that he's aware of. And so in Exodus 3 verse 11, he says the following, But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He begins to question that his credibility. He begins to question that, is he the right person for the job? Why would they listen to him? He's a nobody. And doesn't that make you think of how we often question our credibility? How will we, how will, why will people listen to us? What gives us the right to go and talk to people or tell people that, that there's a better way to live or a different way to live? What gives us the right to, to share with people? And, and even the Christian today may go and what, what, what gives us the right to say that what we believe is true? If there's so many other belief systems and religions, uh, can we really claim that what we believe is true? What gives us the right? Who uh, Will anybody listen to us? And so God responds to this, this question in Moses' heart, this, this self-doubt that he has, this, this you know, thinking that he's not the right person for the job. 
And God says, I will give you two signs that will help you to know that I am with you, that, that you are the right person for the job, that I am sending you. And, and the first thing God says to him is take, ask him what is in his hand. And he says, I've got a staff. God says, put your staff, you know, on the ground. And then when Moses throws it on the ground, it turns into a snake. Then God says, pick it up by its tail. And when Moses does that, it, it, he, he, it becomes his staff again. And, and God says, this is the, the first sign that you, when you in front of people that doubt you, you can, you will be able to do this and it will tell them that I am with you. What does this sign mean? And as Craig Keener says, we must remember that the Egyptians uh, believed uh, in, in the, in magic and a way they displayed the power of magic was through snake handling. They were snake handers. They had snake magic. And, and that was a very cultural, um, display that they understood about power. So it's interesting that God does this with Moses. And in a sense is what he's saying to Moses is when he says to Moses, man, when the staff turns into a snake, you can grab it by the tail. Is he saying to Moses, you can handle this. You can handle what the culture is going to throw at you. Every culture has a, views power and has a view of power and, and has a belief system that tells them where power resides and how power is to be used and and how how power uh, organizes and and structures their societies and uh, and for the egyptians they had a magic uh, uh, view of power and they they had this incorrect view of power and god is sending saying to moses i'm sending you into a culture that has an inappropriate view of power but you don't have to be scared of that you can handle it i will show you what real power and true power is all about and how to handle power that's going to be part of how my the nation of israel is going to bless the other nations because they will handle power differently and they will have a correct view of power and how god will raise them up so he's saying don't be afraid of their magic tricks of how they think power works I will show you. And, and doesn't it make you think of, of uh, in, in, in Acts 16, where Paul and Silas encountered the girl, the slave girl that was a fortune teller in Ephesus, and, uh, and they drove the demon out of her. And how we as Christians, we know, and by the grace of God and the teachings of God's word, we can know what power really is and how to deal with power and how to work with power. And not in a superstitious way, not in a religious way, not in a um, materialistic way or a, or a way that is inappropriate. But we don't have to back down from the world and its view of power and its view of what truth is and its view of how life works. We can handle it, God is saying to you and to me. So right there in your front line, whether your front line is your workplace, whether it's a place of, of recreation, I guarantee you there are inappropriate, incorrect ways that people are thinking what, how power is supposed to be used, who has power, who gets power, how power is supposed to be used, how power is uh, organizes uh, uh, that place. And God is saying to you, don't be threatened by that. Don't be threatened by their view of power and how they abuse power, how they even might want to overpower you. You can handle it. You can, I can show you how to use power correctly. So that's the first sign. The second sign God gives him, is God tells him to put his hand inside of his cloak. When he pulls it out, it has become white with leprosy. Then God says, put it back in. And, if, and then when Moses took it out, it was healed. And, and I think in this, God is saying to Moses also that you're going to, I'm sending you to a place that is sick. There is sickness. And every, every 
place in this world, every front line that God sends us to, there's going to be sickness. There's going to be things that are that look that are terrible and that looks terminal, that looks like it's like it's such bad disease. And we may want to fear that because leprous was a, a contagious disease, we may fear that we will be contagious, that it'll affect us, or that we won't be able to give the cure for it. But God says to Moses, Don't fear the sickness of the people I'm sending you to. I'm going to give you the power to be stay healthy, but also to be a source of healing for the for the place that I'm sending you to. So two very powerful signs that he's giving to Moses. But unfortunately, this does not convince Moses. And uh, in, in chapter 4, verse 1, we read him uh, on, on three occasions, sort of deflecting the call of God, not wanting to give in to the call of God. He says in 4, four verse 1, uh, What if they do not believe me or listen to me? And say the Lord did not appear to you. And it's upon that way the Lord gave him the two signs to say. So that he could know God really appeared to him. At least be convinced in himself that God is sending him. Um, but he still wasn't convinced by that. In verse 10 Moses said to the Lord. Pardon your servant Lord. I have never been eloquent. Nor the, in, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. And uh, at this, God actually gets a bit upset with him. And God says, I'm going to send Aaron with you. And he's going to be the one that's going to speak about uh, on your behalf. But I mean, it's so often when, when we, ask, we and I speak to Christians and we talk about their mission and their calling and being used by God on their front line. One of the first things they'll say is, but I don't know what to say. And I think there's two elements to that. On the one side, we all f it, it's the biggest fear for any human being is public speaking. We hate to be put on the spot. We don't like to be vulnerable and you know we want to know that we're saying the right thing so people generally fear public speaking and and then people fear not having knowing the truth and having the right thing to say and and I completely understand that and I think God understood that about Moses but the fact of that matter is so often we learn the truth that we need to share with people as we go there's work that we can do in preparation for our mission but we will never be completely and prepared to go onto our front line. We will never have all the answers that people are going to ask us. We can't spend years in a classroom, get all the answers, get everything sorted and settled, and then go and speak to the people. Because, you know, helping people, sharing the truth with people is a dialogue. So often it's it takes listening. It takes hearing what they're saying, then taking it to the, to the word, learning from the word, and then having discussions with people about that and sharing with them what the word says because we understand their conflict and their problem. And so, so much of what we need to say on the on our front lines, we are able to say because God teaches us on the way. I want to tell you, your front line is no different. And you may feel like you don't know what to say. You don't know enough. I'm going to tell you that you can read, you can prepare, you can understand the issues better, but you're never going to be completely prepared. Step out, trust God, have a humble heart, go with humility and say, Lord, I'm going to send you and, and I know that you will be with me. And, and when sometimes God will give you the answers right there on the spot for what people need. Sometimes you'll just have to go, I don't know, but I'm going to go look into it and I'll come back to you. But we will never be perfectly prepared. And God says this to Moses also, that he's going to, that even though Moses may not believe in his ability to speak, God knows that. He, he, with Aaron's help, he will be able to do it. Um, and then in Exodus 4, verse 13, Moses said, Pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. 
And I so identify with that. I think each of us so often when we confront it with the threats that's on our front line, with whether it's that difficult boss or that conflict in your family or the, the stuff that, that is in the place where you would like to go and relax and there's so much wrong things in that space. We can get so confronted by that and think like, we're not the right person for the job. Please, Lord, send someone else. Just let, leave me alone. Moses was basically saying to God, just leave me alone. Let me just do my little job of, of looking after the sheep, um, which was an important job in the day. Uh, it meant his father-in-law really trusted him. It was like he was entrusting his wealth to him. So it was an important, it was a good job. He was saying, Lord, just let just let me do this. Let, just leave me alone. Uh, let me look after my family. Let me be a good husband. And I think we can all say that. We can all say, Lord, I just want to be a good person. I just want to do good for my family. I just want to, you know, be a good employee. Don't come and ask this of me, Lord. I'm not the right person. But I think all of us have to recognize no matter what the threats from the outside, God is sending us into our front lines. He's, he's giving us the fire that burns within him and we need to go. And in fact, all we need to go is what God does next with Moses is he gives them a revelation from above. So in terms of our calling, we need a fire from within. We need to deal with a threat from the outside and then we need a revelation from above. In Exodus 3, verse 13 to 15, Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your forefathers has sent you. And they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your forefathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. God gives a revelation to Moses about who he is. And he says to him, well, all you need to know to go and bring my word to the nation is you need to receive the revelation of who I am. You need to know. And God reveals this amazing truth to him about who God is, that God is, I am. But he, he talks to him about what God has done in the past. He talks to him who God, about who God is now. And he also talks to him about what God will do in the future. And that's the revelation of that we carry uh, uh, from the scripture. We have a revelation of who God is from what he has done in the past. We have our own testimonies of what God has done in our lives. We also have the testimony of other believers. And we have the testimony of thousands of years of people that have encountered God in the scripture. So we have a lot of knowledge that is available to us about who God has been. We also know by the power of the Spirit who God is now. We see God at work in our lives now. We see the Word at work and the Word speaking about what life is like now and what the challenges of the world are now. And then we also know about what God will do in the future. We know that he will be crowned as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that there will be a new heaven, that we will be a new earth. We know that, that the victory belongs to Jesus. We know that his name will be praised by all nations and by every people. So we can be secure in the knowledge of who he was, who he is, and who he will be. And as we receive that revelation, that's what gives us the strength and the power 
to go and the right to go into the world and share with the world. It's the same as what Jesus did with the disciples in Matthew 16. Remember in Matthew 16, verse 13, Jesus asked his disciples, who do the people say that the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. The, the people was using their own frame of mind, their own cultural understanding, their own frame of reference, their, their, their points of, of, of truth, and they were defining Jesus and trying to make sense of Jesus by what they knew and understood and reducing him to their cultural truth and to their cultural understanding. And therefore, Jesus asked his disciples, but who do what? What about you? Who do you say that I am? Um, and Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Peter received the revelation of who Jesus was, not according to the culture, not according to the newspapers or the Twitter feed uh, or, or the or CNN, what they were saying about Jesus. But he received a revelation about who Jesus is by the Spirit of God. Therefore, Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You see, it's the revelation of who God is that gives us the authority to to speak into this world, to bring truth, to, to bind up the lies and to, and to loose the truth of what life is and how life should be lived and, and to overcome the gates of hell. That is based on the revelation of who God is. And I want to tell you, by the word and by the spirit of God, you have available to you the revelation of who God is. And you can be taught by the spirit of God the truth of who God is so that you can go into your front line and and by the calling of God. So I want, to, I want to ask you today, is there a fire burning in your heart? Is there a fire within you that is being lit for the nations around you, for the people around you, for the people that you encounter with on every day, and that, that God is positioning you and putting you in a context where you can be the blessing of God to them, where you can share with them the kingdom of God? Is there a fire from within that God is stirring. Perhaps that you felt that fire once, but but you've subdued it or life has subdued it. You've you got busy with other things and that fire is no longer really burning. You're not feeling it. But I want to encourage you as Paul writes to Timothy that fan into flame the fire that is within you. I want to encourage you today. If that fire is dim, it's not dead. It's there. I promise you it's there. Because if you're a child of God, it happens. He ignites the fire within you. But perhaps deal with some of the distractions, some of the things that you have that has become prominent in your life and has kept you from fanning that flame. And I want to encourage you today by the Spirit, let that flame be burning within you so that the call of God can become clearer and stronger in your life. So that when you feel that sense of call, that when you when you encounter the threats from the outside and, and the things that you may feel even in yourself, that you are not adequate, that you are not good enough, that, that you'll be able to deal that. And I want you to know that God says, I empower you. I equip you. I will use you. You can. Don't fear the culture. Don't fear the world around you. Step in there boldly. I've, I will teach you how to handle the snakes. I will teach you to be a healing power to their their struggles. And then God is saying to you, all you need is the revelation of who I am. 
Don't worry so much, first of all, about what the world needs. First of all, focus on who I am. Get to know me. And as you get to know me, you will get to know how God is the answer for everything. And uh, so every week we're going to finish our message with an activation. And um, I want to ask you these two questions to consider and for you to pray over. The first one is a bit of an, as we call it, an in question, a question for you to consider for in your own life. And the activation is this. How do you disqualify yourself from God's call? What is what is going on in your heart? What are the things that 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 is obstacles that you have to overcome to be used by God on your front line? How do you disqualify yourself from God's call? Then the second question is an out question. It's more about the front line where God is sending you. What is the call that stirs in you for your front line? What is the call that stirs in you for your front line? What is the, f- the passion, the little flame, the fire that God is, is stirring within you for your front line? Do you see injustice on your front line? Do you, do you see um, sickness on your front line? Do you see lies on your front line? Do you see just people hurting and harming one another. What is it that God is stirring in your heart for your front line? And and I'd like you to pray about that and consider those issues so that God can bring you clarity and strength in, in that regard. And then the last thing is I want to encourage you to read with us Exodus 1 verse 1 to Exodus 7 verse 7 this, this coming week as we reflect on what I've shared with you and how we can uh, in that scripture hear and understand something about the call of God on our lives. I want to thank you for being with me. But as I said earlier, I want to pray with you today for the fire of God, for the flame of the, of the passion of God, for the call of God on your life to stir within you. And then for the truth of God, the revelation of who God is to, to grow in your heart. Um, so that you can go forth into your front line. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for every person joining me uh, with this message. And I thank you, Lord, that you have a fire for the nations that burn within you. And thank you, Lord, that you share that fire with us, that you, that when we get close to you, you set us alight. We begin to burn for, with the same fire that burns within you. And I, I want to pray that for every person that's with me. I pray for the fire that you are lighting within them. I pray for that fire to burn brightly. I pray for that fire to be strong, to be for that fire to be a deep passion that lays hold of them and 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 causes them to want to be moved by you to their to the place where you are sending them and to the place of mission lord right on their front line that when they live their daily lives it, it will be with that passion and in that passion that when they're in their workplace with their family driving kids around uh having some fun time in their places of recreation that there will be a sense of the passion of god in all of that in their lives. And I pray, Lord, that for every one of us, that the, you would help us to overcome the, the obstacles, the fears, the threats that come against us, that we will not give in to those things, but that we will allow your spirit to help us to rise above, to be used by you powerfully, Lord. And, that, and, and we ask, Holy Spirit, that you will teach us about the Father. Come and reveal the Father to us. Reveal to us as you did to Peter as you did to so many in the scriptures. Let us know God. Let us see who God is. Let us move forth with a knowledge and a revelation of who he is and go into our front line and carry the call of God with us. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. May the Lord bless you. May you have a fantastic week. Um, it'll be so great. Again, I want to encourage you. If you want to connect with us, you can do that by sending an email to um, Talk to us at hatfield.co.za. It'll be so great to hear from you. Lots of blessings. Bye.